And I must keep running, running, and running, 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 and 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 running, running, everybody and welcome to episode 111 which is 111 if you're playing at home to the weird science marvel comics podcast and i am here alone for now uh because it seems as if brandon has passed out on me again whether it's from exhaustion being drunk both i'm not sure but you are failing us. You are, Brandon. You're failing us. This is all wrong. It is wrong. You should be here. But I'm going to do this intro and see if he is up, see if he is ready to go. But in the meantime, I will tell you that if you want to follow us, us all over the place, can't even talk when I'm by myself. If you want to find us all over the place, go over to the Twitters and we're at W.S. Marvel Comics, where you can follow us and we will follow you back 100%. And then you can talk to all of us about comics. You can go over to the website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where we have a ton and a ton and a more of a ton of issues and reviews and previews and things of that nature. Most of the reviews hit 9 o'clock on... And that's Eastern time on Wednesday morning, the new comic book day uh, of each week. So you can check those out. Sometimes we have some things that we're allowed to put out a little earlier, but we follow the rules unlike a lot of other sites. And that's me. I'm putting my fingers up and then pointing at at them, you know, that I'm watching them. Uh, Also, we have a Patreon account that if you want to support us for this podcast, all the other things we do, including the DC Comics podcast, you can go over to patreon.com slash weird signs where you can support us and get a ton of other shows. One of the big shows that we always talk about is the Marvel Comics Patreon Spotlight that comes out on Wednesday. New comic book day each and every week. And two of the books that are picked by the Fresh Start crew, Bad Butts. And they get to pick two books that we talk about on the Patreon as an exclusive spotlight this past week. They ended up picking two of the pretty big books. X-Men number one, which I talked with Double A-Ron about. And Spider-Man number two, which me and Brandon talked about. So if you want to hear us talk about Spider-Man number two and X-Men number one, I think it ended up being about an hour and a half long, too, with those two books. Go over to patreon.com slash weird science. Now, we have the poll up for the next week. And already what is winning it. Kind of a shock because Marauders number one is coming out. And I thought that that would be the clear winner. It is not. Right now, the Amazing Mary Jane number one and Immortal Hulk number 25 are leading the pack. So if you want to hear those as well, you can go over and sign up on Patreon. And if you do, I'll let you know that you will not be charged right away. Some people who have been familiar with the Patreon and stuff like that, we are allowed to charge you the minute you sign up so that you kind of don't get to have a free ride, as they say. Uh, I don't mind you having a free ride. I think that you should have a free ride because... I'd rather you sign up, see if it's for you before you get paid or before we get paid, before you actually plop down any money. Uh, But if you don't like what you hear, you can end up quitting before the beginning of the next month, this time being November. So if you quit before November 1st, you'll never be charged. So it's a free trial. You get to try it out, see if you like what you hear. If you don't, then bail, break my heart. But if you like what you hear, you can stay and then you make me a happy person. But I'm going to go off right now, check if Brandon is available, see if he's woken up by now. And if not, I'll be back by myself, but maybe, just maybe, we'll be back with Brandon to talk some books. I got a line, it was a Sunday night, wrote up my notes. To get the feeling right Brandon that messaged me He's drinking at his friends But that was at quarter to three And that's about the time The jerk passed out on me He lives in Buffalo I could not see I guess it's just me On the weekend show Way up there in Buffalo It's just another Sunday night Brandon's drunk again 
Brandon's drunk again. Indeed, Brandon is drunk again, and it is me all by my lonesome. And I did try to get a hold of him. He did respond at one point while I was recording the intro. He responded, I am up, and then responded with up. And then I got there three minutes after he put that, and I said, all right, did you read the stuff? You ready to roll? You ready to rock there, baby? And he didn't respond, and that was about 20 minutes ago. So I do not think I kind of waited for him, and I do think that he has fallen back asleep. So he's a tired, drunk, tired, passed out, whatever man. But because that, it's me by myself, and we're going to start off the books with Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, number two. I'm doing this because I still am holding out a slim hope that he will wake up and then me and him will do some of the bigger books. I'll do this book by myself. And so, you know, maybe give him an opportunity, but I don't think that's going to happen. But this is written by Jim Zub, pencils by Lam Medina, inks by Craig Young, colors by Marcio Menez, and letters in production by VCs Joe Sabino. From their surveillance position on a Wakandan satellite, Brew and Gorilla Man tracked a strange energy spike in Pawhuska, Oklahoma. There, the Earthbound team discovered a massive bloodthirsty beast terrorizing the citizens, not only with their claws, but also through emotionally packed mind games, just like John Lennon. And I do mean the claws. Fat Cobra fought his way to the heart of the energy distortions to find the source, the incredibly powerful reality warper called the Sentry. Currently merged with his dark side, the void. And I, I saw a commercial once to avoid the void, right? And that's what they said. I, I think they did, right? That now this is all wrong. That is wrong. Now, if you listen to us talk about the Black Panther and Agents of Wakanda number one, I was not a huge fan. Uh, I thought that the team, especially when they debuted in the Avengers, seemed like the craziest, funnest thing that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and so, I mean, you had Jason Strongbow, you got the James Bradley, K- Kazar. I know that people, uh, you know, are back and forth. I know Eric hates Kazar, but Brew, Gorilla Man, Fat Cobra was just solid gold. So going into this, I was hoping for a fun book. And I don't think that the first issue was very fun. And, and uh, right away, I was a little taken by the idea, like, why would you separate the team, the fun of a team that would have, say, a gorilla man and a fat cobra and an American eagle is the interaction of them. That It's the back and forth with these characters and then some of them being like, you know, a Janet Van Dyne and a Koye uh, that aren't used to, say, dealing with a brew. Uh, So I thought that, uh, you know, 50% at least of this book's fun would just be the interactions. It's one of those books that I think that you could get a lot of giggles from them just sitting around, you know, hanging around waiting for a mission and then having this team, what it is, being involved in missions that are just crazy. I mean, we have the Avengers, obviously. We have a bunch of things. And the idea that this was like, well, you know, there's no shield anymore, so we need uh, this team that can kind of do things that the Avengers can't get to and stuff like that, it, it almost feels like the way it was set up in that first issue and in even the description of the book was it was like mop-up, not even mop-up duty, but eh, the lame stuff. That's lame. Eh, send in the agents of Wakanda, where I wanted it to be more of when there's crazy stuff, stuff that is so wacky that the Avengers wouldn't even know what to do, or stuff so crazy they don't even want to think about it. And so they would send in this wacky team. And so when you set, they, you know, Jim Sub separated the team right away. And you have, you know, just having Brew and Gorilla Man fixing a satellite. Uh, why? And, and you can tell why by the end, because you're going to have this series where eventually maybe they'll get together. But instead of starting together and getting the team dynamic going on and having the fun of that, he seems to want to gather a team that's already gathered. So you have Brule and Gorilla Man fixing the satellite, sending the team that's out now, which is, you know, Janet, Okoye, Fat Cobra, and Black Panther off to Oklahoma while they're on the satellite. Well, now by the end, they kind of, hey, you know, it's us. We're on the satellite. There's trouble on the moon. 
and then off you go. Well, that doesn't seem to mean that, uh, you know, Dr. Nemesis is going to be involved or American Eagle. We'll have to see. But it's like all like one of those where it's like a, a van going down the road. And I know that that doesn't go play well nowadays, a van, you know, this white van with a guy with a bunch of candy jiving. And each time he stops, he's like, hey, you know, I got the candy. Come on in. And then you gather. And now it's going to take, you know, how long to get this whole team together. And I, I just I don't know why. Why not go with the strength? The strength is the wacky team. And again, I, I just want to have fun here. Maybe some people are looking at this different. I, I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse here with it. But boy, it's not as fun as I want it. And then by the end, really throws something out the window that I thought more people would be upset with. But maybe that's just something for me. But in this town, we had this dark energy. They went into stuff like that. And they had been getting these kind of mental attacks, Okoye and Janet, pretty much. And Okoye was getting this, you know, almost like her conscious, subconscious, her, you know, inner deal was was talking to her saying, he doesn't trust you. He doesn't think you're worthy. So I'm like, okay, we know that she is thinking that Black Panther doesn't think she's worthy to lead, things like that. In the meantime, Janet was getting the word, you know, he doesn't love you. He never did. And I said, one of the things in the first issue that kind of threw me off is if you didn't know that Janet was dating Tony Stark, you'd have no idea who the heck this voice was talking about. It's a little more clear in this issue, but just to go through very quickly, Okoye ends up, you know, keep getting this, oh, he doesn't think you're worthy, you're not worthy, and then gets attacked by T'Challa, gets attacked by Black Panther, uh, where at first pretty much stabs her right through the chest with a spear, which then does nothing. So, I, you know, she's there with the spear trying to get it out and then ends up just punching this Black Panther where you end up having the mask break apart. And it's Okoye in the mask. Oh, my goodness. I've never seen this before, except maybe on Dagobah with Luke Skywalker when he cuts off Darth Vader's head and sees himself in the helmet. That's exactly what it is. That's all it is. And I'm like, all right, so you ripped off the uh, Empire Strikes Back. All right. You know, you know, check one there for you. There, Jim's up. And the next then is Janet, who's there all of a sudden. She's not. And, and at least where Okoye seemed to be still thinking she was in town, where Janet all of a sudden is in a sunny day at, at Tony's house sunbathing, but yet doesn't realize something's wrong here at first. You know, all of a sudden she's just in Oklahoma and it's playing the mind whammy, but still, I mean, there's got to be something that that would get you out of this. This is how I, I was told lucid dreaming works. All of a sudden you're in Oklahoma. Next thing you're in Tony Stark's pad with him working on things because she goes in. She keeps hearing this voice. He never loved you. And she goes in and Tony's turned the other way. He's working on what appears to be working on a suit of his. And she's like, hey, Tony, get that sexy no shirt body of yours off to the pool, baby. And he turns around and it's Hank. And she's like, Hank, oh, no. And it looks like Ultron Hank. Uh, He's actually looks like he's doing experiments or ripping apart the Ultron buster Tony Stark there. And he starts getting handsy. Hank does. And he starts, you know, kind of pushing her around. And she even says, you know, you're not going to make me feel small. And then gets small, you know, kind of a wink, wink. But also it's like Jim Zub really thinks that this needed. And, And in my mind. This is the scene that he's writing this for because he wants to end up making it, you know, look at Janet. She's going to take it back. She's not going to take any of Hank's crap anymore. This is done, you know, go to hell. And uh, she ends up then coming out of the dream. And it just it it just kind of fell flat for me. Uh, And she, you know, kind of comes to in town again. She's like, oh, no, I broke the illusion. I went through all your lies. And then that's where T'Challa and Okoye come over and say, hey. What's going on? You know, we got to stop this darkness. And you end up having Janet say, well, the only one who can break this mental attack magic has to be Fat Cobra. I'm like, all right, I'll go with that, I guess. I, I really didn't have a lot of, you know, back and forth with all these characters together, knowing that they would know this. But you end up with Fat Cobra there with Sentry. And this is a Sentry that is merged with the Void in the Sentry miniseries by Jeff Lemire. And it ended up with the Void ending up merging with Sentry and him just pretty much breaking out 
of an underground bunker of Tony Stark and the Avengers deal and going through concrete and all that to just leave. Well, now he's he's shown up. It even gives you the editor's notes. See, Sentry number five. So Fat Cobra's like, all right, well, I'm going to take you down. I'm Fat Cobra. And and what Fat Cobra ends up doing, he does have these psychic energy attacks, kung fu chi attacks, where he yells them like exploding palm of the ravenous redeemer. And then everybody around him, you know, gets all consumed by this inner fire that he produces. But in the meantime, you know, that's what it is, is the the darkness then makes him, you know, go into this dark realm where it's all of his you know, former lovers and vengeful children. And it's one panel. He ends up just blasting them as everybody else in the team gets to Sentry. And you end up then like, what's going to go on? I mean, who's going to stop this? What's going to happen? And that's where you end up. T'Challa ends up calling in the drop the hammer attack and Thor shows up as a pretty cool guest star. And then Thor and T'Challa start beating the crap and Okoye and Janet. Everybody is attacking except Fat Cobra. They're all attacking Sentry to kind of wear him down so that Fat Cobra can do his thing. He's yelling, you know, just get it. I can get this done. I can help this. I can solve this problem. And so they do end up beating up Sentry for a while there. And then suddenly you end up having Fat Cobra yell, sevenfold strike of the annihilated aura. And again, I, I guess that's supposed to be fun, but he ends up hitting Sentry, which seems to bust the void out of him, which then gets put into a little ball that then Fat Cobra eats, thus taking away the void. And I don't know about anybody else who read that miniseries, the Sentry miniseries. Pretty much that was the big thing at the end. It, it was one of those where you ended up having Sentry trying to live his life in this pocket universe where he could be Sentry so that they can vo- avoid the, the void coming and, and going into him. And then by the end, they failed. So it ended up going into him and he went off. And this was something that I thought was going to be something big down the line. And again, this is Jib Zub doing it. Maybe somebody... You know, the Marvel people, they want Sentry. They don't want to have to deal with this. But, boy, that kind of makes that miniseries just kind of stupid now. And and I loved it. I, it was one of my favorite things. And now it's kind of gone. It, it's kind of nothing now because of the ending just being taken away by Fat Cobra eating, you know, the void there. But he takes off then. Sentry's like, I got to think things through. I got to think this over. I'm going to blast off out of here. He does blast off out. They're trying to track him. You end up having, uh, you know, alpha flight. Oh, he just went by us. I don't know. He was really going fast. And so with the void gone, the the town is clear now. Everybody's fine. Now it's still a wreck. You should see this town. It's just a disaster. But then, you know, they end up and the team ends up going. And that's where they get word from uh, Brew and Gorilla Man that while they were doing their repairs on the satellite, and even just that, even just think of that, that you have Brew and Gorilla Man, and the thing that you want to set them up doing at first is repairing a satellite. I- I'm telling you, this would be like, I'm going to start a new Avengers team, and the first two issues, I'm going to have, you know, Hulk and Thor work on uh, some plumbing in, in downtown Manhattan. I don't know why you would do this, but that's how he's running it. And it's just, hey, uh, what's going on up there in the satellite? The satellite repair mission, he calls it, uh, you know, T'Challa, because he wants to make it seem like it's a little more fancier. Like, yeah, that that mission, that important mission, that satellite repair mission. And they're like, I don't know. You know, this bull crap that we're doing with this repair mission, you call it, it seems to be not as exciting as the moon. It's hungry. And then it ends. Next issue, God loves, moon kills. So there you go. And uh, again, I I don't like this book. I love the art. I think that Lamadina's art is really, really good. Uh, I could say nothing wrong with that. Uh, And maybe it's one of those things that I'm going at it the wrong way. Maybe I'm supposed to look at this book a little differently. But for what I wanted from the team, what I like, you know, I, I want a little less, you know, Janet. Uh, and a little less, you know, that than I want brew. I want, you know, a f- more fat cobra. I want 
you know, everybody, everybody else in the team. I want, I just want them and I'm getting nothing before, you know, uh, Jameson before where you know He was turning into a werewolf the First issue and they're like oh man we can't trust You now he's gone so I I don't even Know I don't know what's going on with this I have a feeling it's not going to last Very long that's just my thought On it but because of all this Nonsense I did give it a 4.5 On the side I think I might have been being a little Harsh but it's again I'm reading this I'm like This is not the book that I wanted I'll, I'll be nice I'll go up to A five but I'm not really enjoying it, though the art is great. And at the end, it takes away what I thought was very intriguing with Century. Uh, again, and I, I think that what most people said when it happened, when the Void ended up going and merging with them, was, man, Sentry's going to be way too powerful. They're going to have to depower him somehow. Well, now he's depowered in in a goofy way, it seemed. You know, it didn't seem to mean much, so... There you go. But I'm going to move on to the next book. All right. And the next book is Contagion number three. And this is it's going quick. It's a weekly book. So I, I keep forgetting about it every week. I'm like, all right, well, let's get into that. Uh, and it pretty much, if you remember what happened before in the first two issues, is that everything is gone to hell. Everybody's getting infected. Uh, and what I had thought was going to be more of a street level book with you know a couple characters there fighting through the new york city streets trying to stop the urchin fungus and things like that it gets wacky here it gets really crowded with with characters but that's pretty cool in a book like this that's why you have a book like this really to have some fun with a ton of characters stuff like that and and i'll go through it quickly here before i do that though i'll get to the credits written by ed brisson art by mac chatter and steven segovia Colors by Veronica Gandina and Andrew Crowsley, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And I don't really know why there's two artists in this, but it does come off. There's some spots here where it does have some issues. It does have some transition parts that are like, oh, my, that's a crazy transition. But here is the recap of Deadly Fungus from Kunlun. It's a fungus that's among us. Appeared in the subway tunnels beneath Yancey Street, home of the Fantastic Four. Fungus, called the urchin, spread to a young girl named Ruby, whose friend Anton sought to help of Ben Grimm, a.k.a. The Thing. Fantastic Four went to investigate, only to be outmatched by the urchin and infected Reed, Sue, and Johnny, putting them in a comatose state and growing stronger as it absorbed their powers. Ben, being made of rock, was spared as the fungus only spreads through skin-to-skin contact. Since then, other heroes have gone up against the urchin, have fallen victim, and had their powers absorbed. Doctor Strange, Luke Cage, Cloak and Dagger. Rest of the Avengers have been advised to stay away for fear of what the urchin could do if it possessed their powers as well. Now, Ben, Danny Rand, and Sparrow are the only ones left standing as the urchin grows stronger and the fungus continues to spread they'll need to call on some unlikely heroes. And it's not exactly calling on some. Yeah, there's some being called. Some are just showing up, and it's pretty cool. I, I Like I said, I love having a story like this and just having crazy characters that you don't see together a lot or, you know, team-ups, things like that. So I'm all for that. The book starts with Ben and a Danny, Iron Fist, and Sparrow fighting this fungus, the big urchin fungus here. And they're trying all their, you know, different deals, avoiding the attacks. It's using a lot of the Fantastic Four powers as it's attacking them. And the thing, Ben ends up, you know, punching it. And all of a sudden it starts talking with Reed's voice and says, hey, you know, I'm in here. Watch out, Ben. You're going to hurt me. They're like, oh, man, he's using your voice. That's not really you. No, no, no. It's it's not using me. I, I'm really in here. And it's like, me too. And Johnny. And like, Sue, yeah. Who do you think it is, big boy? And things like that. And he's, he's getting a little, you know, off his game here. He's like, oh, my God, it's talking like them. Uh, it's crazy. And then it ends up blasting him with Johnny's, you know, firepower. And then he's like, you, you son of a gun. How dare you use me with my friend's voices and just goes and hauls off on Urchin, who then just crumbles and dies and dead. Just done. Uh, but that's not going to end the story, which I was like, oh, my, that ended a little early. I think we have a couple more issues to go. Um, but the fungus is still among us. But Urchin's dead. And the thing that you end up having been worried about is the idea that, oh, my God, I just killed this, you know, Urchin fungus. 
I wonder if I killed everybody who he consumed then because I heard their voices in there. And maybe it's not just their powers. Maybe they were in there. Maybe there's a mind link. You know, it's not a stretch to think that Ben would be concerned of this because his friends, his team, they're they're in a coma. And what would bring them out of the coma? And if it is something to do with this urchin, urchin's dead. So he's really upset. He's really upset about it and worried. Uh, he ends up calling the Avengers. Now, again, it's spelled out in the beginning. It's spelled out all these issues that he didn't want the Avengers to get involved because they might get their powers absorbed. And what would be a urchin, how powerful with the powers of a Captain Marvel? Or a Thor, right? Now, immediately when this was spelled out in the first issue, I thought, well, well what's going to stop Iron Man from going? What is it now going to get the Tony's power of wearing a suit well? Is that what it's going with? So I, I was wondering why Tony wasn't getting involved. Plus, now that we know that Ben can't be infected because he's, you know, rock for the most part, unless Urchin can rip off. Now, not even Urchin now because Urchin's gone, but, you know, having somebody rip off the armor he's kind of protected but you end up where he calls ben calls and says i need help i i gotta see what's going on i'm afraid that i ended up killing uh, my team i just got them back i'm worried about them can you please help and tony's like yeah you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna get some samples meet me at the sanctum centaurum uh with urchin's remains and we'll figure it out and figure out what's going on with the rest of the Fantastic Four. So y- you have that, and that's pretty cool. That's what Ben wants, so he goes off. Now you head off to Harlem and Jessica Jones, uh, who is very upset at Iron Fist because, again, Iron Fist called in the early morning. Hey, uh, Luke, you want to come fight this fungus with me? It'll be pretty fun. We'll have some good times. And now you have Luke Cage in a fungus coma. Jessica is not so pleased about that. So she is pretty much punching Iron Fist. She's telling him she hates him. Then she's hugging him because she knows that it's not really his fault. And then just says, where is Luke? Where is his body? I got to see it. He's like, no, 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 you can't go. You'll get infected. She's like, I, I, I'm going to kill you. If you don't tell me right now, I will beat you up so bad that, that you'll never. She even says at one point, there's not enough chi in this world to ever bring you back again. So she's going to go off. Now she has a kind of a you know thing here. Her, her daughter, Danny, and says to Iron Fist, you're going to watch Danny while I go and do this with Pai. And so they go off. And of course, you know. That Iron Fist is not going to just sit there and have Danny there and they're not going to just watch TV and forget about all this. And you see that very quickly that they go out. But before that, you do find out some of the information going on with Tony Stark going. He's, he's looking at Urchin's body and says, yeah, Urchin was pretty much a husk by this point. This fungus had pretty much eaten from the inside out. So you didn't really kill it. It was already just going to fall apart anyway. But the big thing is how long has this, you know, this version, this part of Urchin been going here? And Ben's like a week. So you figure you have a timetable here that if you want to save all the heroes, because at this moment, they're okay. They're in comas. They're kind of being preserved, they say. But in about a week's time, things are going to get bad. So you end up having to solve this within a week. And they're going to have to do that. In the meantime, since we don't have this urchin, since we don't have this big bad, you need a big bad, which then pops up in the McCarthy Medical Institute downtown, where a woman who's infected gets up, gets out of bed, starts walking down. And in a disgusting thing, she's like rubbing her hand on the wall and even the walls getting infected. So I think we might have super fungus going on here. Well, now we go to Iron Fist. Like we said, he's not just going to sit there. He's not going to play Nintendo uh, with Danny. He gets Danny and says, uh, you know, let's go downtown. We're going to go, you know, we're still going to stay in Harlem. So at least we have that. But we're going to go see a guy that I know. Uh, And when your mom asked, we were at home playing video games. So because if she finds out, she'll kill me. And he even says, I have fought dragons. They were pretty scary. 
your mom's like 500 of those plus. So, you know, that's not crazy. And I wish that Danny got more involved in this issue because I do like Danny. Uh, Little Danny there is just tagging along and waving at people. It's pretty funny when she's waving to people. Uh, But he is going or both of them are going off to see Senor Magico in the Pawn Magico shop. And in the meantime, it's a a coincidence, a, a, a lucky coincidence that at this moment you have the meeting of the League of International Magic Practitioners going on, and it's Nana Marifa Sorcha, Night Witch, Bob Jennings, and Mr. Jiju, and they are all playing cards. That's why they're there. They're playing cards with Senor Magico. And it's funny, if you, you go to the League of International Magic Practitioners, yes, that is limp. And you end up having the Iron Fist, like, really, you call yourself limp? And, and Senior Magico is already mad because he's like, listen, who comes to, you know, somebody's door at, at this early in the morning? And he's like, it's four in the morning. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, oh, man, I didn't mean you wake you up. He's like, you didn't wake me up. I'm just saying, who comes to the door at 4 a.m.? This is nonsense. And it's because they're playing cards. And then after, you know, Iron Fist, hey, you're limp. And he's like, all right, we're back to cards. The heck with you. But, yeah, they're going to get them involved. So this is this issue pretty much in this number three it is where you usually have it in a typical, you know, story like this in a miniseries type deal where this is the kind of setup to go and finish out the deal strong because you're just gathering troops here uh, where you even have a little call out where Jessica goes downtown. She's trying to find Luke ends up pretty much shaking down the piece of crap tracksuit mafia the tracksuit draculas from matt fractions hawkeye book uh was kind of a cool call back there then still piece of crap they're they're stealing or the one guy at least is stealing a bunch of wallets and ideas from people who are infected but he ends up pointing them towards luke and that's where jessica goes and almost touches luke and you know you end up having sparrow go no 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 don't touch him you can't touch him you'll get infected let's see what we can do And that's where from off panel you get, don't worry, Jessica Jones, we'll find a way. And I'll tell you, at this point, seeing Senor Magico and Limp, kind of cool. But boy, all of a sudden, the the voice who was saying that is Electra, And she's with Punisher, Black Tarantula, White Tiger. And then eventually, in a couple of minutes, Moon Knight shows up. And I'm like, boy, this is getting crazy, right? This, This is pretty fun. And so they're all trying to just, you know, figure out what's going on. And you have what is the big thing at this moment is the idea that Senor Magico is saying, you know, why'd you go to that hack freaking Dr. Strange. I mean, that guy never gets anything right, right? I mean, his name is Strange, right? It's nonsense. He's nothing. You should have come to limp because we can do the job. And what they're trying to do is form like a a protective barrier around things like Dr. Strange did as well. And this is where Tony ends up coming in. He's going to see what's going on. And you do see this big, giant, you know, magical barrier type deal. And Tony's going off. He's got the samples uh, with the deal. Now, the big thing of this is I don't know if it means anything because it is a mask, but it looks like his armor's infected. He has the, and if that's the sample, I guess, it's a weird way to carry a sample, right? On the face plate of your mask, I'm afraid that's only there because when he gets back to the lab, At the Avengers Mountain, somebody is going to be infected, somebody very powerful. So, But in the meantime, we're going to have Jessica. That's where Moon Knight shows up. And like I'm telling you, it's all hands on deck. And they're like, all right. And and this is the thing is when everybody shows up, Electra shows up, you know, with her team. And she's like, all right, what can we do? What can we help? And it's like, well, nothing. We we already killed Urchin. We have already killed this, you know, big bad. Ben dealt with it already. And then when you have Moon Knight come down, she says the same thing. Like, you know, I don't know. Ben already dealt with it. And then that's where Moon Knight says, if Ben Grimm already punched the bad guy into oblivion, 
then what the heck is that over there at Penn Station? You look, and this is the girl who ended up coming out of the hospital, and, and she is way worse, you know, way, way worse than what we had seen from Urchin. She's doing a lot of crazy things. Looks like she's bringing down some people. And there's also, again, some other cool characters just hanging out that are there ready to, you know, do some some fashion and stuff like that so when we end up uh you know it, it even looks like it's the wrecking crew uh there so that's pretty cool uh so yeah you end it and like i said the art i think took a bit of a downswing this issue because of the two artists and there's a couple panels that really didn't play out well they really seemed you know kind of it brought me out and they look kind of bad, but a lot of the other stuff looks really good in this. Uh, so it's kind of a mixed bag there, but I'm enjoying the story. I mean, you know, yeah, we're not really going fast forward, but it makes up with all the crazy characters. So I do like that. Uh, so because of that, I think that I'm going to give this an eight. And I, again, I'm looking forward to next next week's issue. I keep saying that each week that I'm kind of enjoying it. I don't think that by the end, you know, maybe next year and at this time, say a year passes next October and they end up somebody saying, oh, man, remember that contagion? Wasn't that awesome? I'll be like, eh, you know, it's OK. I'm, I don't think I'll ever jump back into reading this again. Um, but while I'm reading it right now, I'm having some fun. So I, I like that fun because I'm, I'm, I'm a man and I'm 40. That's who likes having fun. But I'm going to go off now to the next book. All right. And I'm going to end with one book. One book to rule them all. It's the big one. It's the big sucker. It is absolute carnage number four. And and I'll tell you, I think that the the person who had it right was Brandon. Because I'm exhausted. I waited so long uh, to record with him that it's now really late. I kept I kept holding out hope. But you know what? Hope is something that you can't hold. I, I was told it's like holding raindrops. In a, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to make up some raindrops in a coffee cup is what it is. You know, that's impossible somehow in my mind. You can't have raindrops go in a coffee cup because once they go in the coffee cup, then the raindrops are coffee and then you drink them and that doesn't make sense and I'm very tired. But we're going to go now. Like I said, absolute carnage number four. Where are you, Brandon? Do you hear me, Brandon? Right, and I, I don't even know what if I've done these these things yet. Let's just start all over and say, written by Donny Cates, pencils by Ryan Stegman, inks by J.P. Mayer, Jay Lyston, and Ryan Stegman himself. Color artists Frank Martin and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And here we go. Uh, with Carnage's legion of doppelgangers ready to pounce, the Venom symbiote attached to Eddie Brock decided it was time to find a host who was strong enough to take down Carnage, and that would be Bruce Banner, the immortal Hulk. I'm just going to get right to it because at the end of last issue, the big wow moment was the idea that the Venom symbiote had attached to Hulk. Now, that's cool and all. But there's, you know, there's some little snafus that can happen and they kind of do. But while you end up having Carnage fighting the uh, venomized Hulk, which I like to call Venolk, you end up having uh, Eddie run with Spider-Man and try to kind of get Dylan and Normie out of the fray you want to protect them, take them down into the underground lair where there is the weapon room of the jury and that's where eddie says i'm going back out you you protect the kids please you know i know we have some issues i know we've had you know our ups and downs but please do this for me please protect the kids for me i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna fight uh and this is where spuddy's like what do you mean you you can't go in and fight You, you don't have venom you're just you you're gonna die And he's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm pretty useless down here as well. I'm telling you, I don't know if it's better to be useless and die or useless and live. I've been doing the latter all these years. I don't know. I kind of like it. I like it more than dying, I guess. Um, But he says, no, I'm going to I'm going to quit myself with some of this set equipment here that may or may not be. From the Avengers, and it is. It's the Avengers stuff. He gets Cap's shield. He gets an arm gauntlet deal, and he's going to head up with the idea, hey, Spidey, you know, all of the heroes, they're in these tubes. They're in the scythe. How long is it going to take 
for it to get the codex out of these, you know, heroes and, and get them to be able to be back in the battle. Cause that's what he needs to do. What he's thinking he needs to do is go out and fight them off for just that amount of time. Then you'll have all the heroes show up and then they can kick the butt. You know, they can end up, you know, saving the day, but he's got to buy them time. Again, throughout this whole issue, you do have. Uh, you know, Carnage and Hulk going at it in the background, or it should be the foreground, actually. The rest should be in the background because this is the big battle. And I'll tell you, it, it's it's a cool battle. It, it's not that much, though, because it's pretty much just I'm going to hit you. You're going to hit me. I'm going to trash talk you. I'm going to trash talk me. I'm going to do this, me, myself, and I. But, yeah, it's pretty much Carnage saying to, you know, Hulk, why don't you just do We don't have to be enemies. You know, why are we enemies? We want the same thing. We just want to go and wreck things. You know, that that's our MO. And, you know, Marlock's like, no, 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 I'm not going to be dealing with your nonsense. Well, you end up having Carnage end up sensing, you know, through the Venom symbiote and through Hulk there, you know, his inner deal and seeing the green door, seeing all that of if you are reading the Immortal Hulk, that is, you know, a big thing. And it's something that you'd be like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to make like a Mick Jagger. I'm going to paint that black. I'm going to paint it black. And Noel's going to come and he's going to love that even more. This is going to be the best. This even opens up another bunch of things I can wreck house in and, and do all this stuff. Uh, so as this is going on, though, you do have Hulk trying to fight back. Now, in the meantime, Eddie goes up. He's trying to fight off the symbiote carnage doppelgangers and even says to himself, I am fighting a fight where I couldn't win if I had the symbiote and I don't have it. So, I mean, how could I possibly win this? But he actually, and in a cool deal, he actually kind of gets inspiration from Spider-Man. And gets inspiration from him in the fact of like, well, you know, let's go down swinging. You you, you can't run from everything. You just got to go and you got to uh, fight. And again, he has the shield and the gauntlet. But the problem is the doppelgangers kind of have their own little free agent going on. And it is Miles. It's Miles there, uh, you know, carnage eyes, Miles. And so that's the big fight. And you do have Eddie keep saying the miles you know come on buddy you know don't, don't do this go but then finally he even says listen i'm not gonna fool around i, I know i'm not gonna give you the normal hero speech i'm not gonna give you what say a spider-man or a cap would say and say hey miles i know you're in there i mean we even saw it it was almost like what happened in contagion early with ben who kind of went against that as well so he's like i'm not gonna do it because i've been in your position i've been there done that and that's not how it works but what he does then and it's funny because you end up having eddie getting two inspirations one from you know peter and the other one from miles himself because he miles was the one who actually freed him by using his venom blast and so with that he's going to use a simulated version of that and the way he's going to do it is he gets Miles up on Cap's shield and then gets the, the gauntlet there, pushes arm cannon, boom, and electrifies everything. It ends up freeing Miles. So Miles is free. Now, what makes me laugh is you end up having to have at this point, you have to have Miles and Eddie be able to talk. Now, in the meantime, there's a thousand of these doppelgangers, it seems, you know, running around, but they're kind of incapacitated from this blast so that Eddie and Miles can talk and you end up where Miles, where's Carnage? Where, where's what's going on? What's the fight? Where is it? He's like, oh, you, don't worry. Hulk's fighting them, you know, down the, down the alley there, down the, the hallway. It's fine. It's Hulk, right? You know, what could go wrong? And Miles is like, we, we got to get there because if Carnage ends up getting the symbiote, if he gets the Venom symbiote, we're done. It's game over, man. And so they run off. And unfortunately, you see it's exactly what happened. You ended up having where uh, Carnage and uh, Hulk, I'm sorry, were fighting. And he ended up punching Hulk in the face and then kind of putting his tendrils into Hulk's brain. 
and ended up, you know, picking his brain, which is something that had he had done and, and actually started even torturing uh, Bruce's mind there. And he had done it to Matthew Kurtz at one point. Uh, so this is something that we know can happen. And he ends up getting the Venom symbiote. He ends up getting the Venom symbiote. And yeah, it looks like that's it. It looks like it's over that I, I thought this was five issues, but I guess we're ending it now, right? But in the meantime, as you end up having Carnage looking more and more like Null, more and more like, you know, a dragon, more, you know, medieval even on that, uh, you end up where when all hope is lost, that's usually when we find it. Uh, it's always the last place you look, as they say. And it is that Eddie had fought off enough time so that our heroes could come and help out. So all of a sudden you do have Cap, Wolverine and Thing come out and just start fighting the, you know, supercharged carnage. Now, uh, they're not going to be able to defeat him. They're not going to be able to do that. But... There's the big thing, because at this point, you're wondering, okay, so we have this book going on. Uh, The big thing is, you know, you want to have, or at least, you know, Carnage wants to have all of the codices. He wants to get all the powers. He wants to get all this. He's powering up. He's going to get null. And having Venom, it does seem like a game over. But where does that leave Eddie? Because, you know, it's Eddie. He's Venom. He needs that thing. And now it's a null. Well, what ends up happening? is a big deal and it it is i guess you can say it's kind of forced in here but you need something here and it is a twist or a twist that i think is pretty cool because what we find out is the machine la machine the scythe where they were gathering up the codices or burning them off is what we thought the maker said this you know get a you get the heroes in there get everybody we need normie all you we'll we'll get them in these tubes and we'll get the you know the the symbiote stuff out of them and then it kind of burns up and disappears well that's not the case the maker was collecting them and they're collecting in the machine as we speak and the way that you end up seeing this the way that eddie and miles figure it out is that all the symbiote doppelgangers are trying to get at the machine. They're trying to get in there, you know, not even paying attention to them at this moment. They're all going nuts trying to get there. And he's like, okay, so basically as, you know, Cap, Wolverine, and Thing fight the carnage, you end up having uh, Eddie fighting his way to this machine. Now, in the meantime, you end up having the fight between you know, Osborne and Spidey down below that we saw in his book uh, going on as well. We don't get much of that here because we had it in his book and there really isn't that much to it, really. Uh, And Eddie does get to the machine, opens it up and pretty much absorbs all of the codices in there and pretty much becomes a, you know, a version of Venom, his own version with all the other you know, people in there. And even when he gets this and he starts to kind of get it, he's there. Okay. I hear the voices of, you know, cap caps, belting out orders. I hear, you know, this yelling, that yelling. And as it combines, it ends up making almost like a super symbiote for Eddie. And so what it does is it ends with carnage, you know, taking his dragon wings and flying off. And now he's in, in pursuit is Eddie with his wings flying at him. So you end up with the idea that Carnage is super Carnage now, but Eddie is this kind of combined super version of Venom as well. Uh, So it's a pretty cool ending, a great page at the end too. It looks awesome. Uh, And yeah, Carnage is going off to get Null. So he's there and Eddie's got to stop him. And I'm kind of glad at this point because what it does look like the way that ends is it is going to be Eddie versus Carnage. And I'm glad that it might be that. Because I think that that would be a good ending instead of just like 7 million people fighting and things like that. And I, I hope that Eddie saves the day. He gets back his symbiote. He does all this and that. But we'll see. But, yeah, I, I love the art. I, Ryan Stegman's one of my favorite artists. I think it looks great. Uh, it is very it, – it's like one of those where I love a book that's dark. But then the darkness kind of accentuates the light parts in it. I mean, when Miles ends up getting shocked – to get the carnage deal off of him 
Uh, it looks great. And throughout the book, it, it just looks fantastic. It's a great look for a darker uh, and but an action story, but like a horror action story that it is. And I think this is a really good event. I'm really enjoying it. Now, I'm not going to say that I enjoy all the tie-ins. I'm going to say, though, that when we get these, you know, regular issues of Absolute Carnage, they're absolutely uh, great. I love them. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. I think it deserves that. I'm sure that there'll be some people who think that I'm nonsense for going that low because it is that good. I enjoyed it. And especially in an issue that, again, is kind of one of those, like, let's set up the big finale deal. Action-packed, action-packed, a lot of good moments, a lot of things going on here, uh, finding out that the maker ended up helping them in the end by kind of lying to them and things like that made me, you know, made me laugh a little. But that's that. That is it. That's the podcast. I hope that everyone listening enjoyed it enough and didn't want to kill me. Uh, Blame Brandon. We'll all blame Brandon. I I don't think this will be the last time that this will happen. I mean, I don't know. Is that crazy? That I think that that might be, uh, you know, not the last time of doing this. So we'll have to figure out. I'll, I'll find out tomorrow what the heck he was doing. Because I'm telling you, he ended up messaging me. And I messaged him back two, three minutes later. He's already out again. And I mean, this guy, what, what does he have, narcolepsy? I don't know. What does he have, drunkalepsy? It might be something that you get up in Buffalo. That's the Buffalo's version of Contagion. And I do believe then that, that Brandon's urchin. Uh, because he is, you know, the drunk epilepsy. Uh, but thank you all. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, if you want to support us, uh, I'll repeat it again. Go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash weird science, and you can get a bunch of shows, including the spotlight where me, Brandon, Aaron, whoever's book it is, ends up talking. Uh, about that on a Wednesday, we have other things, Secret Origins podcast, where I go and talk about the first appearance of a character. We have an events podcast, which right now I am finishing up this month, the Thanos War from way, way back, big Captain Marvel story. And most of these early events for Marvel have been Captain Marvel stories. Uh, and we're getting, uh, I'm trying to think of some others. We have a bunch of others, a back issues podcast where we go and talk about older issues of marvel and this month the poll is up and they're all dr doom issues so this is dr doom's month to shine uh right now i think that it is a tie between the dr doom origin issue when he first appeared and then also the heroes for hire luke cage book uh when luke cage was mad because Dr. Doom owed him $200. And that's the one I hope wins because that's that's a lot of fun. But I'll just then also say go over to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcox.com. Check out all our reviews there, reviews by a bunch of people and people with differing opinions. So there, there might be people there that think that a book that I think is garbage is an absolute, you know, diamond and vice versa. One of my favorite movies with... Uh, Fred Savage, I believe, but that's it. You see, I'm getting goofy. I start talking nonsense when it gets too late. So I'm going to head off to bed. Thanks everybody for listening and give Brandon some crap if, if you are so inclined and can get to him. So see you later.